words. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Lord, how many of you glad you came to church this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> you know, from one Sunday to the next, it seems like the seems like the the enemy throws everything he can at us, doesn't it? And so Sunday mornings, just but not because I'm a uh, a preacher, but I, I I love to come to the house of God to feel His presence with everything that we fight sometimes and go through in a in a week's time. It's good to know that the Lord is is with us, but it's good to know that we're able to come into the house of the Lord and uh, and feel His presence. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start the message off today just a little bit. Uh, a little bit different. Last uh, last uh, week on Sunday, uh, we do this once a year as a uh, a team here at Calvary Assembly of God. All of the leaders that I have in all the different departments. A lot of times you don't see them here. They're downstairs working or on the bus or with security or or wherever they're working. And sometimes there a lot of them are not even in here. Sometimes on Sunday morning, uh, but we get together once a year. And we go over a, our, what it looks like for the church next year and what we feel like maybe the Lord has for the church next year. So we, we work on a calendar of what that looks like and how we can have services maybe for the, the older generation, maybe a few ser- some services geared for the younger generation. And just how we just plan our year, try to plan the best we can our year out. How many of you know that the Bible says make plans? Amen. Those that don't make plans fail. Amen. And so we get together as a leadership team. God has just built a strong leadership team here and is continually building a strong leadership here, team here at Calvary. And I believe the, the best is yet to come for our church and for our people. Amen. Uh, but we usually always close in prayer. We always uh, have a time that all of us leaders, uh, Sister Donna and a lot of other leaders were, uh, were there, and, and we have a time of prayer before we leave. Amen. You can make your plans, but God says you can make all of your plans, but my plans. Amen. We should be following the plans of the Lord. So uh, my object, my, my what I feel like the Lord has, that I should always try my best to, to do the plans that God has for the Lord local church and what he what he uh, what he has but when we were praying um, the Lord really spoke to a couple of our sisters in in our um, uh, in our meeting there and uh, I want them to put up what we felt like the Lord spoke for us for 2019 coming up if they'll um, sister if you'll put that up on the board uh, as we was praying we felt like the Lord really spoke this to our uh, to our heart, and I want us to read this because it's not only for our leaders. The Lord spoke it to our leaders, but it's not just for our leaders. If it's if it's to our leaders, it's to our congregation. Amen. And here is what we felt like the Lord spoke to us uh, during that meeting. Let's read that all together because we're all together in uh, in it. Let's read it all together. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Now let's stop right there just for a second. Because God has plans, but Jeremiah 29, 11 says those plans are great for our life. The enemy, the Bible says, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But the Bible says, I come to give, Christ said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. So Jeremiah 29, 11 says, 
as he's speaking prophetically into the future, he said, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you. If you would come together and unite with love and respect. The Bible says that we can do a lot of things for God. We can feed the poor. We can hand out Samaritan's boxes. We can pick up kids on the bus. We can do a lot of things. But if we don't have love one for another, the Bible says that we're just like a big old church with a sounding brass and a sounding cymbal. Wow. They give boxes to the, to the kids. They run a bus on Sunday. They do this. They do that. They do that. But to God, in God's eyes, to man, that might be something that we feel, wow, we did something great. But in God's eyes, if we don't have love for each other, the Bible says we're just like a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal, like we're just making a bunch of noise if we don't love each other. Now, how many of you know that all of us have different emotions? Amen. Can all the men say amen and all the ladies say amen? And all the teens say amen, okay? But when conflict and things come in our lives, it gives us no reason not to care and love for each other. Amen? And, and I've always said if, about this church, if you have only one agenda at this church is to start trouble, you're at the wrong church because we're going to march you out just as fast as you come in here. Amen? Because we want each other to love each other. We all got different things going on in our life, but from the young to the little child to the old, we are to love. And the rest of the, the what I felt like the Lord uh, spoke to us was, if you would come together, unite with love, and respect. We've, we're living in a culture in time that people don't respect each other. They don't respect each other. They don't respect the, respect the older generation. It's just a generation of disrespect. And God is speaking to this church, and I think we have respect for one another here, but God wants us to keep respect for one another. Amen. And then he said, I'll be in the midst of you, and I'm going to do great things in the name of Jesus. And how many of you believe that God wants to do great things in your life? Amen. You're here because you believe God wants to do great things in your life. If you're a teenager, God has great things planned for your life. If you're uh, and, and, and living in the latter generation of your life, the Bible says the latter is greater than the former, that I want to do great things. So I want to start out by, by saying out of what we felt like the Lord, and let's give, the hand, let's give a hand to the Lord for our leadership team. Amen? That, they, that our leadership team cares enough to get on their knees and cry out to God and see what the Lord wants for our uh, local church. Um, with, with, with saying that as God was speaking to us, I want to encourage you, because this was, part, this was for you also, that God is still in the speaking business. I mean, God wants to talk to speak to you. I remember as just a little child uh, raised in church that there was time and time again where I just felt the, the touch of the Lord. When I was a teenager, I felt, the touch of, I felt the touch of the Lord. God is here to speak to each one of us, no matter age. Uh, it, it just doesn't matter color. It doesn't matter. God wants to speak to each one of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, But we know these things because God has revealed God has spoken them to us by His Spirit, and His Spirit searches out everything and shows us even God's deep secrets. 
As I said at the beginning of the service, back when I was uh, a young man up in that tree stand, up in the mountains, uh, God knew what I needed in my heart, and He spoke to me. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. God wants to speak to you, and God is still in the speaking business, right? God is still speaking prophetically to His children. The book of Hebrews begins these words. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophet, through the Old Testament, but in many times in various ways. But in these last days, God has spoken to us ourselves personally. Amen? God, how many of you have had God to speak to you? Now, we don't want to get real weird here, and, and, and uh, people really take that out of context, that, that, you know, some great big audible voice come down and spoke to them. Well, I've never heard God come down in a big audible voice and speak, but it's in my heart that God speaks to me from time to time. David put it like this in the book of Psalms chapter 1, but this delight is in the law, it's in the word where God is speaking. This is his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the prophetic word. And in his word, in his word, David said, I delight and I meditate day and night. And he said, When I do, he said, I'm like a tree that's firmly planted by the streams of water, and whatever I do prospers. Means means when God speaks to us, God speaks to us through his living word. Amen. Have you've read the Word of God and you've had God speak while you're reading the Word of God? And He speaks to our He speaks to our hearts. So David said, "I meditate in what God has spoken to me, and when I meditate on it and I think about it and I get it in my heart, God uses that word to cultivate, and God has that word to come active in my life." When God speaks to me. 2 Kings chapter 20. Listen to this prophecy or this word that God gave to Hezekiah in verse 20. In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah the son of Amos went to him and said. This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die and you will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed to God. How many of you, prayer is powerful. I talked about that last week. Prayer is powerful. He prayed to God. Before Isaiah left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. A prophecy. God spoke to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord God of your father David said. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. How many of you, God, how many of you believe that God hears your prayers and sees your tears? I've heard your prayers, and I've seen your tears, and I will heal you. That is a spoken prophetic word, and I'm going to add 15 years to your life. That is another word prophetically spoken to Hezekiah. Now, how would you like to, uh, to be at a place in your life where it's time for you to go on home to be with the Lord, and God gives you a word that I'm going to heal you, and I'm going to add 15 years to your life? How many of you would stand on that word? Amen. So Hezekiah stood on that word, and listen what the Lord did to him, uh, did for him in verse eleven in chapter two. He said, "Today in the 
excuse, yeah, in chapter 2, he said, Today you're going to do great and mighty things for me, Hezekiah. Hezekiah then rested later with his ancestors after God did great things in Hezekiah's life. I'm reminded of Mary. Remember the Mary, the mother of Jesus, in Luke chapter 1. God speaks to her heart, and she's going to have a son, and his name's going to be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And the 26th chapter says, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's a message. That's a prophetic word to her. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's another word to Mary. And listen to verse 37. No word from God will ever fail. Meaning that when God speaks to you, he speaks to you, meaning his word spoke to you will never fail. Let's say that together. We'll never fail. God's word to you will never fail. In verse chapter 11 and verse 2, the prophecy comes to pass. The Bible says in verse 11, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, the Messiah, the soon and coming King. This prophecy, this word of God was given to Mary over 2,000 years ago. She stood on that prophecy, and today we sit in this building because of that great salvation, Jesus Christ, that was spoken to a little girl over 2,000 years ago, and that prophecy come to pass and is brought to us by our salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you now believe God speaks to individuals? Amen. Amen. Doesn't matter if you're in an old tree stand and the water's just it's raining like crazy and you got something in your life, God wants to touch your heart. I'm going to give you a couple things before, before we leave. Don't lose sight of the promise God has spoken to you. Don't lose sight of the promise that God has spoken to you. If you have a wayward team that's on drugs and doing some crazy things, the Bible tells me that Joshua said, me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. There's many scriptures in there, scriptures in that here that tell you that God will protect and watch over your family. But you get that word from God and you hold on to it. You hold on to it when it's good. You hold on when it's bad. You hold on to it when, when things are not going good. You hold on to it when things are going good. You hold on to the living word of God. And God said, I'll never leave you. He said, I'll never forsake you. And if I spoke it to you, I'm going to bring it to pass. Hezekiah, if I said that you're not going to die and I'm going to add 15 years to your life, Hezekiah, you hold on to that promise and don't lose sight of the promise that I've gave you because if I said you're going to live and I'm going to add 15 years to your life, I'm going to add it to your life. What happened? Hezekiah lived 15 more years. I want to encourage you, no matter what God has spoken to you, 
Don't lose sight of the promise that he has spoken. For if God said it, he's going to do it. If God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. If God said it, God's going to work it out in your life. No matter what it looks like. No matter what someone might say. No matter the circumstances are surrounding you. God will work it out no matter what it looks like. Because our God is a good God. Amen? And he'll work it out. Don't lose sight of it. The children of Israel. The children of Israel are going through, uh, uh, are wanting to go into the promised land. The children of Israel, uh, in verse 17 says, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he told them, go through the valley and then to the mountain region and see what the land is like. Whether the people are living strong or weak, few or many, is the land that they live in, is it good or bad? Do their cities have walls around them? Is the soil rich or poor? Does the land have trees or not? Or does it best uh, and bring back the best fruit of the land? Children of Israel have been in bondage and they've been, uh, they've been free uh, from Egypt. And... Uh, Moses is saying, we're going into Canaan. We're going into the good land. We're going into what God wants to do. God is about to give the children of Israel the Canaan land, the land of promise. Do you have a promise that God has promised you? God is about to give them the promised land. Lean in, because there's a big point here. God is about to set them up with blessings like they've never experienced. God is about to bring them into untold wealth and happiness and greatness like they've never experienced before. God is about to take them from struggling, having little, bad health, not much happening in their life, to great success. That was the promise that God had promised them. Do you have a promise today that God's promised you? Come on. Come on. You got a promise that God has promised you? This book's full of them. Look at your neighbor and say, this book's full of them. This book's full of those promises. Come on. How many of you believe that God wants to do it? Y'all, some, a few of you are sleeping on me out there, okay? Uh, how many of you believe that, that God wants to do it in your life? Okay? You, you, I said earlier, you didn't come here because we have a few lights or we remodeled this sanctuary or we did a few things around this building. You come here this morning because you wanted to be touched by God. You come this morning because you wanted God to touch your life. And God has promised you these promises in the living Word of God. And I come, I come to echo for heaven, so to speak, that God is still God. And as He's promised you something, it will come to pass. But you can't lose sight of the promise. And so Moses says, tells the children of Israel, we're going into the Canaan land. We're going into the promised land. And Moses sends how many spies? Twelve spies to spy out the land. So they all twelve come back. Joshua and Caleb come back and they bring some fruit from that beautiful land. How many believe that God's got something beautiful planned for your life? And so it's all, it was all planned out, and God already told them he was going to give them the land, already told them that the promise was going to be fulfilled. And 12 of them come back, and 10 of them come back complaining and fussing and arguing and said there's giants in the land. We cannot take the land. But God said you can have the land. God said the land was yours. 
But you lost sight of what God said, and you put your sight on the giants and all the problems that was in the land, and because you put your sights on the wrong thing, and stood in getting your sights on what God said was yours and belonged to you, and, it, and you could have it, you got your sights on all the doubting, and the fearful, and the complaining people. Now, how many of you got some complaining people in your life? I mean, come on, they come some complaining people. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing, they just gonna complain. I mean, they're just gonna complain. They don't like the way anything's done. They don't like the way you fix their coffee. They don't like the way you bring it to them. They don't like this. They don't like that. They just gonna complain, complain, complain. I mean, you got some people like that in your life. Yeah, can I tell you? You probably just need to boot them on out. Now, wait a minute. If it's your wife, I don't, maybe not. <laughs> if it's your husband, wives, I don't know. Maybe you could try it. I don't know. But we got these 12 people coming back from this great land of promise, and children of Israel have been in slavery. And the 10 spies come back telling all of the why it couldn't happen. Is the devil set up in your life? Here's the point. The why it can't happen? Well, the doctor said this, but God said this. My finances said this, but the Bible says this. My situation at work says that, but the Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. You're not going to get your promise that God has promised you if you don't keep sight of the promise. And they lost sight of the promise. And generations went by that never entered the, entered the promised land, what God had promised. Don't lose sight of what God has promised you. Because God's got something great promised for your life. Don't lose sight on it. You hold on to it when it's bad. Listen to this preacher. You hold on to it when it's bad. You hold on to it when it's good. You hold on to it when it's confusing. You hold on to it when it's crazy. You hold on to it when all hell says it's not going to work out. You hold on to it when the enemy is lying in your ears. You hold on to the promise of God and don't let go of it. For if God promised it, God will fulfill it. God will fulfill it. Jacob, Isaac, and Jacob had already knew about the promises of God. And Moses was going to march them in, and they were enabled to fulfill the promise that God had for them. The second thing uh, I want to share with you is go to battle with that prophetic promise or the word. That God has spoken to you. Go to battle with it. Now there's some things um, that you were freely given at the cross. You were freely given salvation. You don't have to work for your salvation. 
It's freely given. The Bible says if you uh, confess your sins unto the Lord and uh, uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and ask Him to come into your heart, that you are forgiven and saved, right? That's freely given. As, uh, as uh, the power and work of the Holy Spirit is freely given to you and I by the cross through Christ done. But how many of you know that there's other things that you and I have to fight for and stand on the Word of God to get? Oh, that's, that's poor, okay? How many of you believe that there's some things you have to fight for to believe and stand on for you to get them through the promises of God? you, you got to hold on to them. you got to believe. you got to fight for them. And so I go to the New Testament with our, our, our last thing, that you take what God has promised you and you fight. For the enemy is going to come against Everything that God has promised for you in your life, the devil is going to try to fight you every step of the way. How many of you raise your hands if the devil will fight you every step of the way? Every, every step of the way. Look what Paul told Timothy. And I, I've read 2 Timothy chapter 1, 18 and 19 before, but I've never seen this. Look what Paul told Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor. Timothy is, is pastor in this church, and he's a very, he's very young pastor. But Paul sees some things in Timothy that Paul needs to tell Timothy about that maybe needs to be changed in his life as a minister. And so Paul speaks to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son of Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. Meaning, Timothy, the word that you got, the spoken word in your life, listen to this, made concerning that by them you may wage a good warfare. Meaning that when you get a word from God, whether you're reading the word of God, and the word of God, the, 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 the word just like leaps off of the page, and it speaks to your circumstance. You hold on to that. And when the enemy comes in like a flood. When the enemy tries to torment your mind. When the enemy says it's not going to work out. When the enemy says that you're a failure. When the enemy says you might as well give up and become hopeless. Because that's never going to happen in your life. You take on that prophetic word or the, or the word that God has spoken to you. And you go fight with a warfare. The devil, that's not what God told me. God spoke to me. I go in my prayer closet and I stand before God. And I let the enemy know this is what God said. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. And devil, I'm going to fight you till I get my promise I've never seen that in that passage of scripture before prophecies made concerning you that by them you may wage a good warfare meaning I'm not going to give up 
I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care what the devil says. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to take what God has promised me. I'm going to take what God has said. And I'm going to stand on the living word of God. And when the enemy brings doubt and fear and unbelief in my life and say it's not going to happen, I'm going to stand on the word of the living God that God spoke to me. And I will see my promise come to pass. Tina and I, uh, I think I, I don't know if I shared this last uh, last week, was praying about a, a situation over a year ago. And we took the word of God and God knew that God had promised us something. And uh, it, it all went the other way. How many of you start praying and, and, and reading the word and it seems like when you start praying and speaking the word of God, it seems like it gets worse. Now what's the deal with that? Praying, speaking the word of God, and it gets worse. How many of you prayed over your situation and it just got worse? Well, I thought when I prayed over my situation and spoke the word of God over, it's supposed to get better. But it seemed like the more we prayed and the more we spoke the word, it got worse. And I thought, what's the deal with this? But can I tell you, we kept on praying, and we kept on speaking the word, and we kept on praying, and we kept on speaking the word, and every time the enemy would come to us and lie to us, we kept on praying, and we kept on speaking the word. And can I tell you that while we were praying and speaking the word, there were times that it looked like, God, is this ever going to happen? What is going on? But we kept on praying, and we kept on going to battle with the prophecy the Word of God had gave us. And can I tell you today that it has completely turned around. Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy... You're going to have to activate the Word of God. Verse 18 tells me that Timothy was not activating the Word of God in his life. There is a prophecy. I wrote this down over your children. There's a prophecy over your marriage. There's a prophecy over your business of success. There's a prophecy over your life. And God is for you and not against you. Paul writes to Timothy and tells him that this is what activates your prophecy in your life. This is what activates the Word of God in your life to bring the promise to pass. Once again, how many of you have got some things in your life that you want to see God do? Whether they're big or whether they're small. Whether you're a, a teenager or whether you're an adult. Or, or, or whatever it's going on in your life. You got something you want God to do in your life. You got it. You might be, you know, you might be kind of shy, you might be kind of quiet, but but you say, you know, Pastor, down in my heart that that, that that there's something down inside. You know, us men, we don't like to get too excited, right? Except me, I'm a little hyperactive, but we don't like to get too excited. But we we got things down in our heart we want to see God do, right? we got things down inside we want to see God do. And so Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, this is how you're going to take the Word of God 
and activate it in your life to get your promise. Now I want to close with this. So lean in. A few of you are still falling asleep on me, okay? Verse 19. Having faith. Say with me, having faith. And a good conscience. Which some having rejected concerning the faith have shipwrecked. Meaning they have shipwrecked the promise that God had gave them. How did they shipwreck it? You can shipwreck the faith that God and the promise that God's given you. How did they shipwreck their promise? Timothy says, Paul says, uh, told Timothy, listen, Timothy, if you're going to do warfare with your personal prophecies, and if you're going to stand on what God has promised, Timothy, what does your conscience speak? Timothy, do you have a pure, clean life? When the conscience is not pure before the Lord, it activates not faith, It activates guilt, shame, remorse, fear, doubt, insecurity, and despair. Your conscience is a place in you by God. And what a blessing it is to warn us of the fact if we are living clean and holy before God. And can you say amen? Amen. Say, thank you, God, for my conscience. Oh, that was a little weak. Thank you, God, for my conscience. Paul told Timothy, if you want to activate the Word of God in your life to become a promise that will be fulfilled in your life, Timothy, what does your conscience speak to you? Now, we have, we have people that, uh, church people, uh, yeah, we have people that think they can live just any old life. I mean, they could do just about anything. And come to church, and just because they walk in a building, that it's okay. Our nation needs God, church. This Veterans Day weekend, God. This this nation needs God. We think that we can treat God anyway. We think we can pass laws that are not by the living Word of God. We think that we can do anything, say anything, become anything as a nation, and not have to pay the price for the sins of the nation, of the people. Well, you don't have to know the Bible to know that sin will wreck a nation. I mean, some of the older generations back Even some of those people didn't even go to church. But they had a good conscience. And they had a conscience even though they didn't go to church. They still knew right from wrong. They knew some of the things that we're battling now and allowing to happen in our nation and saying it's okay. And and I don't know why I'm going here, but just turn our head and forget that it's happening. God does not turn his head and forget that it's happening. God sees everything that happens as a nation and as a people as I bring it down to your life and my life. 
God sees everything that we do, whether it be good or whether we bad, it be bad. And so we cannot live an impure life, Paul wrote to Timothy, and expect to activate your faith to get your promise. And he says, and some have rejected concerning their faith. He writes out bold and says it clear to Timothy. Paul calls him out for a life of holiness. For a life of holiness. God is calling you and I out to a life of holiness. Let me say that again. God is calling you and I out for a life of holiness. What? Okay, I'm going to get, and I'm going to close. Okay, I'm going to get this in before I close. Say, go ahead, Pastor. <laughs> Somebody said, hit it. Listen. Uh, I'm going to look down at the pulpit so you can't say you were looking right at me, okay? Okay. It does matter, men, what we look at on the computer. It does matter, men, what we look at on our phones. It does matter, ladies, what's going on in our life. It does matter, teens, middle age, what we watch. It does matter where we go. It does matter what we listen to. Because where we go, what we listen to, what we allow for us to watch and see goes down into our spirits. Pastor, why are you saying that? I mean, what is the deal? What is the deal? Because God doesn't ask you to live a holy life just to be asking you to live a holy life. He's asking you to live a holy life, to get sin out of your life, to have your life pure and holy before God so you can see Him. Can you say amen? How many of you want to go to heaven? I mean, I mean, come on, all of us better raise our hands. How many of you want to go to heaven? I mean, I don't think any of us want to go to hell. I mean, there used to be a lot of songs back in the 70s and, uh, you know, and, and, and 80s about hell. Some of the rock groups, you know, uh, promoting hell. I don't want to go to hell. So what do I have to do not to go to hell? Well, Pastor, you know what? This is kind of some old-timey preaching where you just, just kind of settle down. It does matter if your life is pure and holy before the Lord. Now, we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. None of us. 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 Not even you. Somebody went, huh. Not even you. Not even you. I know you think you are. God help you, but you're not. Even though we make mistakes, when we continually have those besetting sins in our life that Paul was talking to Timothy about, it hinders us from our faith being activated to get the promises of God in our life. How many of you want to get the promises of God activated in your life? Amen? But we're going we're gonna to have to live. God wants us to live pure and holy life. And we're living, we're living in such a, such a culture, in such a time. I mean, you know, it was, it was 
I mean, we've seen things and done things when I was a teen. But, church, we need to pray for our teenagers. I mean, the world is doing everything against to try to pull them into some of the worst things of their life. We need to pray for them, Mom and Dad. We need to pray for them, Grandmother and Granddaddy, that God's got plans for their life. God wants to do great things in their life, and we need to be praying for them, loving on them, caring for them, and let them know that God is for them and not against them. Can you say amen? If you're going to have your faith activated, Paul told Timothy, have a good conscience before me. And God said, I will bless you. Amen? Let's stand before the Lord. Every head uh, bowed and every eye closed. How many of you would say, uh, uh, Pastor, I got, uh, I got a promise that God has promised me, and I'm believing God's going to I believe God's going to bring it to pass. Can you raise your hands? Amen. Amen. You just believe God's got something great promised in your, in your, in your life. And how, how many of you would say, Pastor, I'm going I'm to look. I'm going to keep in sight of that promise. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold on to it when it's good. I'm going to hold on when it's bad. I'm going to hold on to it when it's difficult. I'm going to hold on to it. Amen. I'm going to hold on to that promise. And how many of you say that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that I'm going to use that prophecy. I'm going to hold that prophecy, what he's spoken to me, to fight the good fight of faith, to see my promise. My promise is going to come to, my promise is going to, come to pass. <clears throat> Honey, if you'll sing just a, a little something lightly. I want to, at the very end of the sermon, I purposely talked about Timothy and Paul here for us to, before we leave, just to examine our lives. Every one of us, every one of us need to examine our life. And, Let's, uh, let's all bow our, bow our heads. and um, This is a personal thing between you and God, just you and God. And uh, I want all of us to look in our life, and are we walking with a clean conscience? Are we walking with a clean conscience? And I want to pray over you this morning. You pray. I'm going to give you just, just about a minute as Tina sings. And... Uh, I'm going to give you about a minute, and I just want you to look deep in your heart right now and to examine, to examine your heart, as I also will, as they sing. Give you a few more minutes. Let's all just look in our heart for a minute before we leave.
let's just raise our hands up as your eyes are closed, and we're going to all pray this prayer uh, together uh, this morning. Maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Uh, as we pray this prayer, I can guarantee you, if you pray this prayer with sincerity, that God uh, forgives you of your sins. Let's all, let's, all pray, let's all pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We admit that we are sinners. We admit that we failed. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we confess all of our sins and all of our failures to you this morning. And we ask you to wash us in your blood and cleanse us. And we're going to live for you for the rest of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. I'm so glad you come this morning. God bless you. His face shine upon you and keep you this week. And I believe God's doing great things in this church. Keep loving on each other. Pray for your brother and sister this week. If you see someone around here, just hold them up in prayer this week. Amen. God bless you and you have a great week in the Lord.